Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are in the world. My name is Tiana. Welcome back to another very, very special episode of From the Field to the Track. As per usual, I'm joined by my lovely co-host and best friend. And today we have two very special guests from Paddock Talks. We have the wonderful Izzy and Georgie. How are you guys today? Tired. We're great, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is quite early. It's okay. Yeah, Katie, Katie, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to be here with these two today. Um, it's always good to have um, some some guests on and what we're talking about. It's just, it's such a good, another good idea from Tiana. She's full of good ideas this summer. Um, how are you, Tiana? I am slaying as per usual, but first of all, we wanted to introduce Georgie and Izzy to everyone and just give both of you give us a bit of a rundown on who you are and what paddock talks is so whoever wants to go first you can go first Izzy you go first Georgie do you want to go oh no. okay <laughs> we both want each other so I'm Izzy I am who am I that's a real good question I work in motorsports in a lot of actually different sports with my company and we started I met Georgie through that and you know we started paddock talks randomly after the Singapore Grand Prix and it's just pretty much a run of consciousness like we never really have a set format we kind of just go and that really just sums us up yeah that's that's how all good things are made right exactly that exactly that but yes to bounce off that I'm obviously Georgie and like yeah like this idea for our pod literally came in a pool, talking about Logan Sargent, and Izzy just goes, this would be great on a podcast. Why don't we start a podcast? And we went, Slay, let's do it. Um, but, like, that's how our pod came to be. But that's, yeah, that's it. That's our pod origins. But personally, big F1 fan, let's go. Got you guys, I'm sure, can, you know, bounce off that one. <laughs> Relate? Yeah. So now I'm going to do what I always do and I'm going to throw Katie under a massive semi-trailer here. Katie, what are we talking about today? As I said in the intro, I'm really excited about this episode. We are going to be talking about how Formula One has impacted our lives, how it has changed our lives, how being fans of it has um, impacted the kind of people we surround ourselves with, how we interact with the sport, all of that. It's going to be really fun, really exciting, and can't wait to delve into it with these three. Yes, I am. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I think this is a very good episode because obviously all three of us, oh, four, sorry, four of us have have a lot of obviously we love motorsports. Otherwise, we wouldn't have started podcasts on motorsports or anything. And we do also really like sports. So it's there's no doubt about it that motorsports has had an impact in our lives and obviously it is really cool to see the impact that it has on everyone's lives so the first kind of area that i want to talk about is everyone's earliest memories of motorsport it doesn't have to be about formula one just any form of motorsport will go easy georgie katie okay so my one it goes back to supercars obviously being aussie and living kind of like mid new south wales bathurst 1000 I've told this story, I think, a million times, but my high school used to have, like, an end-of-year... Well, not end-of-year, like, mid-end-of-year trip. If you were good, you got to go, and it was always the Bathurst 1000 for some reason. They said, let's send kids down there. And it was just, like... It was something I've never really, like, been around before. And it was so... Just, like, 
different and exciting and there was like so much happening because it was like it's honestly an insane weekend and I think that's kind of where it started it did like lull for a bit after I moved but like that kind of like is my first real memory of motorsport (laughs) started I like that. Is it my turn? I, I also, I, yeah. I didn't hear a word. Yes, it is your turn. <laughs> yeah, no, it was um, like cutting out, but I should have recorded, so it should be fine. <laughs> um, my earliest motorsport memory is less of a happy one. Um, I like the earliest thing I can remember is when Michael Schumacher had his accident, and the news. I was how old was I? I think I was like twelve, possibly. And I just remember the news constantly. It was just all about Michael Schumacher. And I was like, why do I know this name? Like, why is this so familiar to me? And it never really came back to me until I became an F1 fan. That I was like, holy moly. Like, that's the weight of the situation. Because, like, I'm just hearing his name so much and going, I'm actually really aware of that. So that's my earliest motorsport memory. Less of a less of a happy one, more of a... Happy one. Yeah, like more of a, I didn't realise the weight of the situation. Um, yeah, yeah. But like judging like car-wise, it would genuinely have to be like, okay, I'm going to have to think about what they're called in your states. But here we have the Eka and then some places have like the Easter show and whatever show you guys have. But I remember them doing like um, motocross races and like, weird car races on the side so that's like my earliest like racing memory i like that i like that like the actual like the racing car element not the formula yeah. one element <laughs> but <laughs> a little bit morbid but <laughs> but katie what was your earliest memory of motorsport um, I'm just going to take a completely different route to theirs. Um, my earliest motorsport memory is actually my earliest undocumented memory. And a few years ago, I was telling my parents about this memory. And they were like, how can you remember this, Caitlin? You were so young. My earliest memory was I was about maybe three or four. And at the um, kindergarten that I used to go to, there was these like daddy, daughter, dad and child events it must have been for father's day anyway we went and it was a movie night and we watched the movie cars and i can remember it so vividly and it didn't occur to me until like middle maybe of last year when i was like that was like the start of my obsession with motorsport um and i guess everything started from there but yeah it was i can remember um, sitting in like it was so cool going back to kindy when like it was all dark outside it probably wasn't dark they probably had all the curtains closed it was probably like 5 p.m anyway and we all sat down we watched them with our dads and yeah we watched cars i don't really remember the movie from that but i can definitely remember that it definitely was cars that we were that we were watching so i guess that's my earliest motorsport memory and then there was nothing between when i was four until about when i was 17 when i started watching formula one so there was a big gap in my motorsport memories that's okay yeah tiana what's your earliest memory first of all i need to like speak my truth on the car situation because i have been in intense beef with my cousin because he is like the biggest cars fan ever so i love cars 2 i think cars 2 is the best cars but he thinks that cars 1 is the best cars and we have been arguing about this probably for like two years and yes like i think it was two days ago we got like really intense and he was like asking everyone in my family which cars is better cars 1 or cars 2 and yes now we've just divided our entire family but i still am a firm believer that cars 2 is the best cars so anyone who agrees with me 
I will love you forever. I, I, I think me and Georgie both agree. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you should put a poll it's... up on your Instagram, Tiana. Yeah, you should. Yeah, okay, that's what I'll do. I'm going to do that today. <laughs> today. After, I'm going to cl- clip this up, put it on TikTok, and that's, that's, that's the poll that's going to happen. Okay. But I think my earliest memory of motorsport, once again, it's so, like, like left wing, but as normally things I say on this podcast, but I think... I remember so vividly when I was a kid, obviously my dad really loved, likes motorsports, MotoGP, Formula One, all of that. I think one day we, my sister and I was really hot and we wanted to go to the pool. And my dad was like, no, 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 I'm watching the MotoGP. And so my sister and I sat there and waited for this thing to end so that we could go to the pool. And that was my earliest like motorsport memory. But I think my like earliest Formula One memory before I even got into like what, like the one that I can remember the most is probably... Um, I watched Sochi 2021 with my dad not knowing what was happening, but I knew like some of the names because obviously like I'd seen, like I'm very, I'm very open about the fact that the way I got into Formula One is through a Lando Norris edit that came on my For You page. So obviously I knew who Lando Norris was. So I like was, I was like watching the race and I was like, oh, like I know Daniel Ricciardo and I know Lando Norris didn't, and I knew Lewis Hamilton. So I was like, okay, like let's see what's happening. And then I think I went, I went to sleep just before what happened to Lando Norris happened to Lando Norris. <laughs> so like I lived in delusion thinking that this man won the race, but that he didn't. So that's my earliest memories of Formula One. I think, look, all of our earliest memories of Formula One are so, so different. And I think that attributes to the way that Formula One and motorsport in general is just such a massive sport and it's touched so many people's lives in ways that you wouldn't expect like not everyone's traditional route is getting into formula one from their family like it's other things like just seeing cars like watching the movie cars or like seeing other things like that you like you know what i mean it's very even like even in australia or in europe and new zealand you're growing up around racing and you're growing up around different kinds of racing and stuff like that which i think is really cool because no two fans have kind of the same story of how they got into formula one which is really cool and it makes the sport a lot more interesting a lot and the fan base a lot more interesting as well so on our next topic of what um what i want to talk about is our the a vivid memory that we have of formula one or anything motorsport so like something that when you think of formula one you immediately think of this moment or when you think of motorsport you immediately think of this moment so we'll go georgie izzy katie me oh god okay you just put me on the spot um and i've suddenly forgotten every single thing i know in my entire life but the first person that popped into my head when you said motorsport was um it's gonna be funny because i told izzy i'm never speaking about this again but um jack Dillon. um (laughs) The restraining order. I made a vow that I'm never speaking about that man ever again because it always ends up in the hands of the wrong people. But, um, no, literally, you say vivid memory and I just think of every single interaction I've had with that man. And, like, it's it's really funny. It's like, I'm lucky that it's happened, but, like, I look back at it and it kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, I have too many interactions with that man. Um... It's coming but too it's frequent. Like, it's far too frequent. I, I it's, it's to the point where I'm like, I can never meet him ever again. Like, I've, I've hit my <laughs> and I can't meet him again because then he's going to be like, it's Georgie again. And I'll be like, yeah, hey, Jack. Um, but yeah. At, like at my, this point, you're like, you're like besties at this point, but he doesn't honestly, just know it yet. Honestly, and it's, it's bad because every time... I clip something or every time I speak about Jack in any context it like 
you know, compared to other videos around it, typically will like pop off. And it's it's a shame because it always gets cracked in. <laughs> but like, so Jack Dylan is my vivid F1 memory. I just think about every time, <laughs> all the awkward things I've said to him, how many times I've embarrassed myself in front of him. So he's my, he is my- He's F1 your vivid Formula One memory. He is my vivid Formula One memory, yes. <laughs> I love that. Is he you? I think there's like a mil, like honestly a million come like flash through, but I have to go with OzGP last year where I was lucky enough to work. That's just like in one, that whole weekend was just incredible fun. Like it was obviously stressful. There's a million things that went, that didn't go, went wrong, but like, it was yeah. just like, everyone was so lovely. The vibes were high and it was just like, this is what, like when I think of F1, this is what it feels like. And it's just, it was Ooh. such an insane weekend. And also I got to meet Georgie for five seconds. So that was really great. Big win. <laughs> so that was a big win. That's kind of also like what kicked off all this. So it's like looking back, that's just like my favorite, cool. I think, memory of all time for F1. Izzy, yeah. I thought I you were going to say when you nearly ran over Lewis Hamilton in the golf cart. <laughs> no, no, I almost, no. So actually reverse that. He almost ran me over. I almost ran Toto Wolf Rude, over. So... <laughs> Oh I think gosh. I'm being banned next year, uh, this year from golf carts because the amount of accidents I almost caused last year with personnel was high. That is, it was very high. No. Imagine, imagine the scenes if like some person who worked at the like some some like person that worked at Albert Park just like crashed into one of the drivers. It would be so bad. Like I was thinking, like weird. what? How much trouble would I get in if I actually, like, physically hit Toto Wolf? Like, what would ha- like? It was his fault. He stepped out. I didn't see him. I'm going too quick in my little buggy. But I was like, if he, if I hit him, I would never be able to show my face in motorsport again. <laughs> like, it would just be everywhere. Yeah, no, it would just be like Australian girl hits Mercedes team principal, steps out of Formula golf buggy, gets hit by Lewis Hamilton. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like genuinely, like it was, it was like happened in like ten minutes as well, which was like I was like I need to go home after that. I was like I'm stressed <laughs> out enough from this interaction. I need to go. I can imagine, like genuine, but genuinely, there were so many thoughts during my like in my head during the weekend, especially because I was sitting on the opposite side of the track to the F two F three paddock, so it was like a solid hour and a half trek to go to the like F two F three paddock, and I think like one minute, like one thing through it was I was walking past Isaac Hadjar he was just warming up on the side of the dirt road I was like like what is this guy just doing like why is he just warming like does he forget that he's kind of famous and I literally look at him in the eyes and I go I know you but I don't know what your name is and I was like oh my god I said that out loud I and then he like because we like made eye contact I was like why is he staring at me like surely I know him and then I was like after I walked past my friend was like that's Isaac Hadjar and I was like oh there's no way I've just done that it was and the, then I like was I standing that at to the... so many F two drivers as well. <laughs> it's just like I know you, but I forgot your name. And then you're like standing like, at the barricade and waiting for like the F two drivers, and you're like, "Well, I just want to ignore that person because I just saw them. It's just gonna be awkward." But yeah, Katie, what is your vivid F one memory or motorsports memory? Um, I reckon the first. I've never had the pleasure of going to a Grand Prix, but I reckon the first Grand Prix that I watched like live. So it was the Montreal Grand Prix in 2022. And I remember I set my alarm. And obviously, because um, it's in Canada, 
um, it's at not a bad time, but I still had to wake up at like six o'clock or something. I had to wake up at some time anyway. And I was so excited the night before, like I'd, I'd laid my clothes out. So all I had to do was wake up and go and sit in the lounge and watch the TV. Cause for some reason I, I couldn't have it on my laptop or something. There was something going on where I could only watch it on the TV. And I went out there and I was just listening to it and quiet. And all the doors closed so I didn't wake up mum and dad. And it's just like my favourite little memory of me. Like I had no one to talk about this race with. But I was just so excited to like finally watch this race. Because I'd been watching Drive to Survive. And I'd been keeping up with it like online and stuff. And I'd finally, my uncle had finally given me like some sort of membership where you could just like log in for something where I could watch the F1. And I was just so excited. And I think that that just I was like oh my god this is so cool like I'm so lucky and I was literally just watching like a race but yeah I'm lucky that that kind of love that I have that kind of like feeling of like oh my god this is so fun it has like never the magic of the lights going out has never faded for me well not yet so that's pretty fun I think that's always like I think everyone like I don't know if I can say this for everyone but I think at least majority of people can remember the first Grand Prix they've watched and obviously it's it's like a memory that's ingrained into you but similarly to Katie, my my like vivid Formula One moment is my first Grand Prix that I watched, and I was lucky in the sense that the first Grand Prix I watched was Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. So, <laughs> if you what a one to start and, on. Yeah, it was like obviously I kind of know I've known what Formula One is my entire life, knowing what thing is. I but I never but the reason I started watching it was obviously I got the Landon Norris edit, liked it, and then my for you page. When I tell you my for you page was just like bombarded with f1 content it was just like here you go you liked one thing here you go and it was just like who's gonna win max or lewis and i'm like 100 percent remember like sheila like michaela's videos coming on my for you page every single day and it was like oh my gosh like i love her like she's like one of the big reasons that i'm into the sport so and then i just remember seeing who's gonna win max or lewis max or lewis obviously my dad is a huge lewis hamilton fan so obviously i'm like okay lewis hamilton surely so i'm watching this race with my dad Dad's a huge Lewis Hamilton fan. When I tell you this man was so mad when the when they said that the lapped cars could unlap themselves, my dad was fuming. He was literally like Toto Wolf. He was the equivalent of Toto Wolf just in the just in Stone's household. And I think literally I didn't we didn't even watch Max Verstappen cross the line because my dad was like, I'm not watching this anymore and turned off the team. As soon as Max Verstappen oh, wow. overtook as soon as he overtook Lewis, it was like, I'm not watching this anymore. He turned off the TV and he went upstairs and I was like, Oh my god, I feel so bad for the poor guy. But yeah, and then I remember just watching like the fallout from everything obviously with the FIA and then with the Nicholas Latifi as well I remember that so vividly in my mind like all the hate Nicholas Latifi got I felt so bad for him but yeah that's like why I'm like a Gotifi like supporter to my core because I just obviously the first race I watched was Abu Dhabi 2021 and I felt so bad for this poor guy so that's my like vivid like Formula One memory obviously once again our memories are all so different but they all once again they they show how motorsport has impacted everyone's lives in different ways and it's really cool because obviously motorsport and formula one in general are like one of the biggest sports in the entire world like i was literally looking at it the other day formula one has like one of the biggest fan bases in the world like that's overtaking the champions league and soccer and all of that which is insane if you think about it because you think about how big the champions league is and you think about f1 people really like watching cars go around in funny shapes so I always love that but now like some obviously all of us here are fun content creators we all have podcasts how did we all decide that f1 content creating or content creating or podcasting in general was for you we'll go Katie Georgie Izzy 
Well, I've spoken about this before, but I, I started the TikTok account that's kind of expanded into all of this because I wanted to find friends and people to talk about F1 with. And I've completely and utterly done that. So I think that, um, yeah, I think that I just decided that I wanted to make friends. I figured that if I was feeling like this, if I was feeling like I didn't have someone to talk about it with, then there's probably a whole bunch of different people that felt exactly the same. So I think that's how I chose what I was going to do. And it kind of happened, like I didn't wake up and I said, oh, I'm going to be a content creator. I was like, I'm going to make some TikToks about it. And when my, my hyper fixation on F1 eventually fades in like a month's time, I'll delete it and like it doesn't matter. Like I didn't even tell any of my friends at school that I was doing this. And then I kind of got to the point where like I had to start telling people because I was <laughs> like, if you see my face on your TikTok, then maybe, and then, yeah, obviously it kind of all just grew from there. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but my hyper fixation with F1 has not left me yet. Um, I think it's going to stick around for a bit. So um, <laughs> I guess we'll keep making content until that fact. But yeah, yeah. So I think that's it. Kind of, I kind of stumbled upon it accidentally, and it's grown to something that I just completely love doing. Like it's such a huge hobby of mine. Um, being able to share my passion for F one with other people is is really special, and I feel really privileged to be able to do that. I know, that's it's absolutely amazing. Once again, to see everyone. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm in the similar boat as Tiana. I saw a Daniel Ricardo edit, and I went. I know that man. I know him. Um, let me let me see more. And then obviously the TikTok algorithm works and my entire view page became flooded with F1 content. So I went, okay, cool. Like I have to get in on this. Like I just, I simply have to do it. And I still, to this day, I remember the first F1 TikTok I made and it was um, with the Max Verstappen, Danny Rick, um, Kiki Eye, like audio. <laughs> and... I, I just remember it so clearly. I remember because I was like living out of home at the time. So I made a like video for it. Got like, I don't know, like 20 likes, which I mean is big compared to considering I had no F1 following. So I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like this must be a hit. And then just throughout the entire, like um, our summer break there, winter break from 2021 to 2022, I just, like you said, I became hyper fixated on it. Um, to the point where, like, some of my friends from, like, school and whatnot were turning around going, yeah, I give it a year. I give it 12 months max and then you'll be over it. And I'm like, well, like, I'm still here. Um, but then I just, I don't know, I just started making videos and I just didn't really think about, like, the trajectory that they could take and, like, you know, how they could pop off. And I couldn't even tell you the first one that I posted that actually did well. But I just kind of started doing it and didn't stop. And now we're here where we are. But yeah, that's how I kind of started. Like, like, the, like I said, like I cannot even tell you why I continued going. But I think I just saw like a couple of videos that like, like, I don't know, like 10K. And I was like, oh, this is pretty, this is pretty dandy. I was like, this is not too <laughs> bad. An influencer now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, sign me up. But that's, yeah, that's how it started. And that's how it's going. I love that. I love that. It's yeah, it is going amazingly. But Izzy, how are you? Well, how about you? Sorry, <laughs> it's like I'm great. No, no. <laughs> so I've like I've like been thinking about this because honestly, like it was never really my end goal at all with like being into F one and stuff, doing content creating. It's kind of just like happened naturally, which I like really love because like I do want to say back when I was like 
before all of this and like before the F1 TikTok and like all, like I found out about that, I kept it really to myself that I was like a big fan because it's not like I wanted to hide it or anything. I just wanted to keep it to myself and then like it's my little special thing. And then like when I also got a Daniel Ricardo edit, but I knew Daniel Ricardo, like I knew the name. Like I feel like everyone in Australia mostly knew his name. Even if you didn't know what he did, you're like, I know that, that king. <laughs> so like when he popped up and I was like, what does he do again? And then I was like really deep diving back into F1 and I was like, oh, and then I found the girlies and I was like, this is my, this is my people. Like these are, this is where I want to be. And then I didn't make content for like a really long time. I was kind of just like been like working and stuff. And then I really last year, I want to say, I really like just started making little things here and there and then here I am really like it's just happened so naturally and um it's been such a blessing because like I would never think I get to like have fun in this way and be able to like really share what I'm passionate about and what I love so it's been so much fun yeah I can yeah I can speak to that like obviously sometimes you want to just like keep because you know like people fangirls especially we don't get the we don't get the respect or like the thing that we deserve we always get like told that we it's fine when men act that way but when we act that way it's a bit strange right so obviously I understand you wanting to keep it kind of like to yourself and then obviously I think one thing with content creating it's like sharing your love and ultimately what I say is the love that you have for the sport translates through your work and translates through everything that you do and ultimately you can see that through every single one of your guys's content like the way that you love and appreciate the sport so much and all the sports really is absolutely amazing and I love that so very much because it always like it's always nice to see people who love the sport that you love and do the things that you love as well but I think something something that started I like Look, I've said this before, but I wanted to be for the longest time a dermatologist. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. Could not tell you. Um, and then my auntie was like, you should be a sports journalist. And I'm like, I'm easily influenced, okay? Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to be a sports journalist. So it changed the entire trajectory of my life from being a dermatologist to being a sports journalist. And obviously, that's a very big, drastic change. Obviously, you're going from, like, medicine to communications. So, um, yeah, and then I went to the 2022... Um, NRL grand final and the the girl sitting in front of me was like you should start a podcast because I'd listen and I was like okay you know what once again (laughs) easily influenced didn't didn't take more than two minutes of thought to actually go into making this podcast like I literally was saying to people like oh I want to make a podcast and they were like yeah like yeah like it'll be cool and then when I actually made it everyone was like you actually made the podcast I was like yeah they were like oh I didn't think you actually would make it and I think well, something that like stands out in my mind is obviously I was in year 12 when like my podcast dropped and obviously when you're in high school er- er- your business is everyone's business so I was at work placement for the first episode when the first episode dropped and I kid you not everyone and their mothers was like concerned about the fact that I had dropped a podcast because like my year coordinator was asking people like right Tiana drop a podcast I'm like why and I'm not even at school so no one could ask me and it was like so strange and I was getting like random people following me from my grade and it was like like it was nice to see that people were actually caring about me but then there was also like you know not the nice people but yeah and then I obviously I loved making that first episode and I think I like talking a lot, if you couldn't tell. Um, so especially talking about something that I really like and enjoy, like Formula One. 
So I think that's when I started the podcast. And then I did an episode with Katie because obviously Katie was like one of my good friends at the time. And then she, she was like, sweet, I'm never leaving the podcast. And I was like, sweet, I need another co-host anyways because I can't do this myself. So that's kind of that's kind of how it started. And yeah, and then you just make funny TikToks that I think are funny but aren't really that funny. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's once again, F1 content creating, content creators, whatever you want to call us. I think once again shows your love for the sport and that and it is absolutely amazing and anyone who creates any kind of content and puts themselves out online like it is so hard to put yourself out there and like obviously you know you're going to get subject to hate sometimes if you say things you might like one thing no one is perfect everyone is going to make a mistake at some point in their life if you know what I mean and like it's hard to to always make sure that you're saying the right thing or you're thinking the right thing like or what like the mainstream idea is but it's always hard and I applaud everyone who puts themselves out there because genuinely it is one of the hardest things to do so I'm very thankful and grateful that I have great people around me and so like before we get into the the most important part of the episode which is Katie's part of the episode one last point is what is the impact that Formula One, the sport, content creating, what has the impact that it has had on your life? We will go Katie, Izzy, Georgie. All right, sounds good. I think the the impact that it's had that's like affected me the most, the, the biggest thing is probably the people. Um, I obviously found Tiana and all of this. I also found two of my other really close friends, Charlotte and Jenna. Um, and I just think when even now when I speak to people and they you know for some reason I figure out that they like F1 we immediately have something with each other we immediately have this connection we have something we can talk about it's been able to bond me so much closer with some people who I knew beforehand like before all of this happened and it's so funny and I still think that it's really funny when I get like approached on the street or when I'm out doing something and someone says oh I watch your TikToks and like that's crazy like how how has this happened like um yeah so I feel like that's probably the biggest impact is is kind of socially um and yeah finding Tiana is always going to be one of one of the highlights of this all isn't it but yeah I think that's probably the biggest impact I hope that in the future the biggest impact is like the job that I one day have I one day work in F1 and I guess that's when it will be overtaken but um yeah at the moment it's just the people I think nodding I think I have to agree with Katie there like I think definitely the people is one of the bigger things like I've had the pleasure of meeting so many people and having so many new people in my life that like are just making everything so much better like it just elevates everything around me and I feel also like it leans into that like my like happiness as well like being able to have those like-minded people around and being able to connect with strangers at a bar being like oh like randomly talking about something and then you connect over f1 it's just like that's that immediate light that you have like in each other's eyes when you talk about it it's just made my outlook on everything so much more positive and so much more like excited about little things that um yeah it's just been such a positive impact on pretty much a lot of aspects of life which I didn't like you don't expect it to because it's a sport and you're like oh like you watch it every so like on the weekends like what's this gotta do but I think it's definitely um just evolved so much for me and I'm so happy to be a part of it Mm -hmm. yeah I agree um over to me uh again obviously the people I've met the friends that I've made through F1 
um, it's very valuable considering like from where I live I have no like other like F1 friends like IRL um, mm-hmm. like there's a couple of girls that I've met like through F1 that live here as well um, and then obviously my brothers are like fans like here and there and we talk about it a bit and we've inadvertently converted our mum into being an F1 fan which is great but like um, but yeah the friends that I've made through F1 specifically like Izzy one of my friends Charlie Eliza Greta like a bunch of girls that I've met um, because of F1 but then a bit of like a negative outlook that it has had on my life is I already struggle with um, figuring out what I want to do in my life I never went to university I went on a gap year and I never ended up going back um so I was going to do teaching and then I was going to do like architecture and then like social media management and then communications and PR but I have like zero drive to actually study um which is really really handy considering I want to work in motorsport which is that's that's, like that's where the negative outlook comes it's like a I'm I'm somebody who has like no interest to study like I already did 12 13 years of schooling I do not want to go back and Mm -hmm. do more especially having been out of a schooling um scenario for going on six years this year I don't want to go back Mm -hmm. to it but like so that's like that's the the only negative is like I want to work there but I don't have the drive to work (laughs) so like that's literally the like the only negative that I can think about besides the draining of my bank account um but I'm sure we can all agree on that one a little bit yeah Uh, a lot of a lot of funds go aside to f1 um but mainly positive outlooks like the friends that i've made like it's just it's something you can't beat because you talk about it with people and everyone's like like i have no idea who you're talking about and i'm like guys it's my f1 friends like duh and like example izzy and i going to silverstone this year and like the community the girls across the grid community is how we're like we're camping at Silverstone with a girl Amber mm-hmm. that we never met and we've literally I've only spoken to on WhatsApp and like just the community built within Formula One especially for the girlies like it's just something so valuable to me and it's like the most positive part of it like the positives much yeah. outweigh the negatives of the Formula One impact in my life but yeah yeah I think, like like you said, like, Formula... Like, I don't know why, but it's just so... Like, Formula One has a community just for, like, women. And it's just, like, amazing. Like, the way that we all, like... Obviously, there's still going to be some people that are, like, a bit whatever. But, like, the way that we all, like, embrace each other and the way that we are all, like... Like, we can do this and, like, all of this stuff. Like, we are so nice to each other and we're so willing to, like, do things for other people as well. Like, it's so it's so interesting and it's so cool to witness because I don't think I've seen it in any other sport or any other really, like, what do you, like, fandom, if that's what you want to call it. Like, anything like that, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like, the way that we see it in Formula One. But I think the, the, the biggest impact that it's had on my life, which one is really funny, so I'll tell you the funny one first. At my year 12 formal last year, I was like, obviously I hadn't seen any of my teachers, any of the people from my grade for like probably like a few months because I hadn't like obviously done the HSE and everything. So when I go to see my SOR teacher, she's like, oh, look, it's TikTok girl. Ah. Sorry? 
What do you mean TikTok girl? So little did I know that the videos that I've been posting have coming have been coming up on every single one of my teachers for you pages. And that was the cultural shock that I needed to almost quit doing what I wanted to do. Oh my god. Because the act the sheer thought of my teachers seeing my face on their for you page well after I've graduated actually scared me half to death i was like well i knew that like obviously my tiktoks come on people from my school for you page because you can see them and like your the funniest thing is like they don't think that they have profile views on but they do and then i go and check it and it's just like they're viewing my profile but it's a different thing when it's teachers because like i like they don't need to know what i'm doing after school and everything so that's my like funny thing but obviously like all of you have really touched on making the friends that you've made through formula one is absolutely like i don't think i could imagine my life without katie and I met her through Formula. Like, if I never, if I never watched Abu Dhabi 2021, like I would never have met Katie, and I wouldn't be in the situation. So, like, do you know? Like, it's like kind of the domino effect. Like, it's one, like one moment. If that one moment never happened, like what? Like, where would we be now? Like, that's why. Like, that's something that I think about really often. Is like, if Formula One, like hypothetically, Formula One never existed, what would we all be doing? Like, genuinely, like, where would we all be in life? Because it's impacted us in so many ways. Richer, My response probably. was going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the first I was like, probably dead. <laughs> probably dead. <laughs> but yeah, oh like, God. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's impacted all of us. And so, like, and the ways that we think is like, so, like, it's crazy to think about like, oh, like, Formula One's impacted your life. Yeah, but it's probably like only like a little bit. But then you like actually think about it. And then you think about how many aspects of your life have actually been changed. Like the tra- trajectory of all of our lives have essentially been changed from what we wanted to do before Formula One to like the way that we live our lives now in a way. So that's absolutely amazing. And before we get on, so now it's actually time for everyone's favorite part of the episode. I'm actually convinced this is the only people, this is the only reason people watch from the field to the track for Katie's segment. Katie, it's time for the drive of your life. Hello everybody and welcome to Drive of Your Life. Georgian, as you may not have played this game before, I'm gonna ask you guys a question. And um, we basically just have to answer it. Today's question is, which Formula One driver, past or present, would you like to have a session of playing Mario Kart with? Anybody can go. Just whatever thoughts you want to bring to it. Oh, that's hard. um, I have played Mario Kart three times in my life. Because I am a kid who was not raised on a Wii or a Nintendo. We had like Game Boys and Playstations in our house. So I played Mario Kart first time when I was 17. And then every time after that has been at my work against six-year-olds on a Nintendo Switch. In my defense, I did match the step in them and I did come first. However, I'm not confident in my abilities. In they Mario are six. They, they are children. So I am going to choose, oh god, it would have to be like one of the older drivers, like maybe like Fernando or Nico, like I don't know, because I bet they, they played it themselves. <laughs> but Nico, but Nico would play, like my, my, my peak is Nico would play it with his kids, right? Oh, uh, possibly. But I, I, need, sure. I need to play it with somebody who has, hasn't played it before, or like has played it like only for like a media video. And I don't know who that could be. Maybe Valtteri. Like, I don't know. He's too busy riding his bike or whatever. But, like, it would have to be somebody who isn't the kind of gamer. Like, 
Flandreau Oscar That's... Max. Like it cannot be anything. Like it has to be someone who yes. has zero media presence, does not mess around with gaming. Remember that maybe. Because I'm not confident That's really in my good. abilities. <laughs> I like that. Unlike Georgie, I'm very confident. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up with the, I grew up like Nintendo Switch, like gaming with the Mario Kart. Yeah. But again, like I would probably get bodied by every single one of them because (laughs) I'm that competitive. But I, like the first person that came to my head was George Russell and I don't know why, but I feel like he, like I would just like bully him to the point of like he would lose. Like I like bully my cousins when we're playing. Like that's kind of like how the vibe would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I definitely like I'm gonna have to go with George Russell. I feel like that's I think that's a fair. That's answer. the only man that I could beat. <laughs> See, I'm like I'm like the both of you. I'm like Izzy. I am very confident in my Mario Kart skills purely because I have played Mario Kart since I was a kid. Every single time we got over to my grandma's house, we all played. Like obviously, there's like four controllers, right? So there's eight of my cousins and two of my like my auntie and my uncle. So we're like in teams of four or teams of five, and it's always like it's so competitive. So I'm very good in my Mario Kart skills. I'd like to say so for the sheer purpose of say for my ego. I would take Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton purely that I can so I can say that I can that I beat Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton in equal machinery. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, I am the best F1 driver in the world. Okay, Nico Rosberg. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Step back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm um, like aspiring to be Nico Rosberg in this moment. So that's what I'm going to pick: Max Verstappen <laughs> or Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm about to drop a big bombshell, but I've actually never played Mario Kart. <laughs> Like, you you realise it's something Tiana knows. I just missed out on so many things that are just, like, quintessential to childhood. Like, there's just there's all these random gaps in, like, my experiences. I've never played Mario Kart. We, we never had any of that at home. We never had, like, a PlayStation or anything. We do have a PlayStation, but all it has is SingStar. Anyway, um, which I'm very good at. I, I'm confident I could be any, gut, any F1 driver past or present dancing queen on the SingStar. Yes. <laughs> okay, but for that reason, um, for some reason, the first person that came to my mind was Lando Norris I just he'd be really good but I don't really I'm not really competitive well I am competitive but not in like a sporting sense so I'd be like it's okay you win and then he'd like win and I'd be like okay you can drive mine now like I just I really I was just like oh this is so fun playing with him like I don't know anyway I just so I think I'd pick Lando <laughs> Norris just for the experience. I'm just here for a good time <laughs> I think yeah I think it was a solid choice I think I think something that needs to be done is like Lando Norris needs to do a twitch stream where he plays Mario Kart against Max because that would be my that would be my new favorite thing if that ever happened because I know that for a fact Max is gonna get so mad at Lando because I'm just gonna like hit him with a blue shell and it's just like game over <laughs> it's like I I need that that needs to happen so someone if you're listening Quadrant take me up on my idea <laughs> but once again we've come to the end of this episode of this very very special episode of from the field to the track i once again want to say a huge thank you to georgie and izzy for joining us in this very special episode because we absolutely loved it and we love talking about how formula one has impacted our lives that's absolutely amazing we're also doing an episode on their channel so make sure you go check out paddock talks so you can watch their episode as well and go subscribe and show them some love because they are absolutely amazing and they deserve all the love in the world so once again thank you make sure you like and subscribe and keep up to date with stuff from formula one um we will see you in the next one bye Bye. love you